Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andre Cassetta! Yay! Yay! And we've got a great episode for you. Uh, this one's been a long time coming. I uh, had to <laughs> cover it for a while now. Um, it's a little awkward in the recording studio right now, because my mom is here and everyone's on their best behavior. Hi, Armando's mom. Mom, you want to say something into the microphone? <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Hey, man, that was pretty good. <laughs> and that's a podcast, baby. Uh, before we get started with the episode, we have some news and reviews. Uh, the first order of news is that this week we have a live show coming up. Live show. Get it. Yes. Uh, January 25th at 2.45 p.m. We will be at the Screenland Armor Theater for Panic Fest 2020. Woo. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have some stand-up shows before and after. If you want to check those out, you can go to coltpodcastshow.com. You can also go there for tickets. Very easy. They're $10 uh, if you don't have a pass. $8 if you do have a pass to Panic Fest. And I would highly recommend getting them before uh, you go to the event. Mm, next, we have a five-star review. Bow, 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 bow. Hello. This one comes to us from a, a I'm gonna assume it says a baloney sage, uh, and they say so many weird impressions. They're great. Do you have spiders on your brain, Charles Manson? Do you ever find yourself wishing that a podcast would infuse comedy into dark, depressing topics of cults? Well, look no further. You found the true age of Aquarius with this podcast. Cult Podcast not only has extensive research and great storytelling, plus hilarious tangents, they also add so many jokes and bits that they often get their own spotlight, including all of the gator justice you never knew you needed. Not only does this podcast make me look forward to Mondays, it has also provided great phrases that your non-cult podcast friends will never understand. <laughs> like front to down. Oh, Hi. no. Insert bad Australian accent. Don't hesitate. Today's the day to, dis- to subscribe and make your life a whole new, uh, a whole lot more culty. They said to do it in an Australian accent. Ah. Mikey Milius returns. Yeah. <laughs> so that one goes out to a baloney sage. Uh, thank you so much for your review. We love you so much. Tell us your wise baloney learnings. Yeah, please do. And I think without any further ado, welcome to the show. Hello. 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 Don't drink the For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andre Cassetta. Yay! Yay! And it's not only my week, it's my fucking birthday. Happy birthday! Yes! We are recording this on January 11th, uh, 2020, when I am of the ripe old age of 24. Fuck you! <laughs> I hate you so bad. I'm gonna live forever. Fuck you! Yeah. Contrary to what my doctor believes. Um, 
Yeah, it's my birthday. It's fe- I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. I got a new tattoo. Yeah, what is that? It is a rat king. Okay, that's yeah. actually really cool. Yeah, I got it done by Ed Bercia. Uh I got a fucking lightsaber because I went to Star Wars land. Thanks oh, to- for a second, I thought you were talking about a, another tattoo. I was oh, like, oh, no. fuck, a lightsaber tattoo? <laughs> no, uh, Andrea took me to uh, Disneyland where I was able to get a, um, a lightsaber uh, and do a bunch of awesome, really cool things, including this one thing where I don't know if you guys know this or not, but if you go to Disneyland, once you walk in through the gate, um, there's a, there's a giant, you know, the Disneyland castle mm-hmm. and in front of it is a statue of Walt Disney with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And if you so ignore guards, because they're going to tell you not to do this. Right. They're going to try and kick you out of Disneyland, but that's false. You can't be kicked out of Disneyland. No, you can. No. And uh, so, <laughs> so what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go up and you're going to want to shake Walt Disney's hand three times. Uh-huh. And then you're going to want to go to Mickey Mouse and you're going to want to push each one of his buttons of his overalls okay. twice. So the first one on the left, one, two, and then the, on the right, one, two, and then the statue will open and inside was this research document for the group that we're covering. I thought it was going to be Walt Disney's frozen head, but okay. <laughs> he I was thought, there too, but I didn't want it as much. I thought um, it was going to be a, a, a document detailing how to make Nazi uniforms saleable at Walt Disney. They did? Okay. Yeah. All right. So... Okay. Are they are they uh, first order uniforms? They are. Okay. So the first order <laughs> uniforms are essentially just Nazi uniforms. I That's don't know. exactly what they are. They they are literally modeled after Nazi uniforms. It's not like a, a our opinion or bit. That's like a strong thing. SS vibes, baby. They sell the first order uniforms in the stores and we went there and started looking at them and we were just commenting the whole like for about five minutes about for how for 125 dollars you can just be a nazi it's it's, yeah disney will let you just be a nazi and then we turned around to see the most terrified looking white dad and his son trying on his very blonde very aryan son and i was just like this should not be happening and they waited until we left the store to purchase the uniform (laughs) (laughs) mostly probably because armando made me take a video of me holding up the uniform saying this is my culture so yeah (laughs) that might be why i I, I have the picture here oh god oh you just took a photo you didn't take a video oh my god okay those are it's like full-on nazi uniforms i see i thought they were selling the black ones which are hardcore ss uniforms they were i'm not even sure this is not a bit above that uniform they had fucking first order armbands oh geez yeah for 125 dollars disney will just let you be a nazi a space nazi a space nazi yikes anyway Getting into the episode. <sighs> For longer than any of us have been alive or a frozen head in a, an amusement park, there has been one group synonymous with evil. A group that serves as an almost universal scapegoat, an explanation for anything and everything, ranging from the 9-11 attacks to angry Kanye rants. Their story is told through two different factions of historians, and one is wielding degrees, facts, and documented evidence, 
And the other is using YouTube and websites with terrible graphic design. <laughs> but as always, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Is it? No. Well, okay, it really leans towards one side. I, from the way you're talking, it sounds like one has the truth and one is batshit crazy. Or is it on one side? What if I told you that the ones holding the evidence were just double agents working for the group itself? And that's just the point of today's episode. Is this group one of the most misunderstood and misrepresented societies in history, or are they part of one of the longest and most diabolical plots to jumpstart a new world order? I guess we'll have to find out together. <laughs> because today, we're covering the Illuminati. Bow, 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 bow. Ooh. Ooh. Naughty. Oh my god, I'm so Mr. Glad Conspiracy. We finally get to talk about Beyonce and Jay-Z. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on Lemonade. And how Rihanna's a lizard person. Oh, that's right. We watched that video of her closing her lizard yeah. eyes. <laughs> fronted down like yeah. a Star Wars door. So fronted down like a Star Wars door. All the dots connect. It and all comes back together. Who did 9-11? Hallie Bird. <laughs> it was the Death Star. Um, so before we get into it, I have only two sources on <laughs> for today's episode. Uh, the first one is the book History of the Illuminati Order by Leopold Engel. And the second is the book Aspects of European Thought by Eugene Weber. Every single factual book about the Illuminati, for whatever reason, actually I know the reason and we'll get into it, exists only in German. And so every everything that I've read to learn about the group that we're going to be covering today was translated from Latin, Dutch, Slavic, French, English into German. And then I had to translate it back and then figure out which words were still untranslated, translate those, and then read it through to try and figure out what was happening. Before we start, how much do each of you know factually about the Illuminati. And before we start, YouTube is not facts. I got to say that right yeah. off the bat because a lot of people disagree with me on that. How much do you guys know about the group that is the real life Illuminati? A little bit. Okay. I don't know any. I mean, I just know that people are like, ah, there's an eyeball in the money. It's the Illuminati. And like people like make jokes about it, but I really don't know anything about the Illuminati. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Cool. Uh, an intellectual society yeah. from a couple hundred years ago. A few uh, hundred years ago. Yeah. That's pretty much the long and short of it. Or is it? I, I think it is. Or is it? No, no I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is. Or is it? Okay. No, no, it is. It is. <laughs> that's my favorite thing is because you can just fight any accusations that the Illuminati isn't behind something by going... <laughs> Or is it? <laughs> you can just fight anything with that. Anyway. Yeah, if you're willing to dispense with all logic, you can really make a lot of arguments. Or can I? What? <laughs> or can I? <laughs> See, I, think, I think your brain just closed front to down. <laughs> or did it? Like a Star Wars store. 
So, our so did my vagina. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, what? That's not how that's supposed to go. That's definitely a side to side one. If that's closing front to down, we need to call Gwyneth Paltrow. Stat. It just snaps shut like a handbag. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mine's more of a snapping turtle. <laughs> like it's gonna reach out, grab some lettuce, and come back. Like a sarlacc pit, like a yeah. star, like from the Star Wars. Well, no, sarlacc pits stay where they are, and then mm-hmm. things just fall into them. But you know. Okay. All right. Our story begins with a man named Johann Adam Weishaupt, who was born on February sixth, seventeen forty-eight, in Bavaria, which is a modern-day state of Germany. And before we jump into his life, I want to warn you that basically everyone in this story is named Johann. That is because in German naming customs, your Rufnam, or quote-unquote call name, what we would associate as a first name, is usually the second or third name in your long-ass German title. Um, it basically turns any German name into a game of guess who, where you're just like trying to discern which one, where you just look at a thing. In official German documents, what they'll do is they'll underline whatever your actual Rufnam or your call name is, which means that they have to switch fonts to do paperwork in Germany. Anyway, so while his full name was Johann Adam Weishaupt, he really just went by Adam, which is awesome because now you can say for a matter of fact that the Illuminati was started by just some dude named Adam. That's <laughs> it. I know several Adams. Yeah, none of them would I trust with any secret. <laughs> or serpents or apples or pomegranates, depending on your definition. Ooh. Adam's early childhood was pretty relatively chill and happy. His father, Johann George Weishaupt, was... Is anything chill in Germany? Let's back up a second. <laughs> I mean, this is pre-World War, so yeah, maybe. Yeah. Is things it? Are, things are relatively chill. Is it chill when all your fairy tales end up with a kitten getting its chill, tail chopped off and then murdered? Or is that I'm, chill? I'm picturing Midsommar, but with more pretzels. What are you guys not in the, the mood for the season? It's a holiday season. We have stories of monsters who come into your home and whip you with just twigs. Just twigs, by the way. Creepers just uses fucking sticks he finds on the floor. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess I guess really every single German story since the beginning of time has really just been like, and if you make any noise, we'll fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I've read books of German fairy tales, mm-hmm. and they are all children be good or you'll get murdered by your parents. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? <laughs> uh, so Adam's childhood was pretty chill. As chill as Germany can be. Exactly. Uh, his father, Johann George Weishaupt, was a professor of law at the University of Ingolstadt in Adam's hometown. But in 1753, when Adam was five years old, his father suddenly and unexpectedly died while on holiday. So after returning from literally the worst spring break ever, um, I mean... <laughs> You've heard of Girls Gone Wild, but have you seen Dad's Gone Limp? Hey, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, spook. hey, hey, very sorry. <laughs> uh, after, th- after he came back, Adam found that he was now under the custody of his godfather, Johann Adam Freyer von Eichstadt. And I'm going to save you a round of German guess who and just tell you that his name is also Adam. In fact, he was the man that our boy Adam was named after. Okay. Because he wasn't just some family friend. 
He was the man that had taught Adam's father everything he knew and the very same professor that had got Adam's dad a position at the university. So he's like a godfather. He is literally his godfather. Oh, he's a god Adam. Sure. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) So Professor Ickstadt... Uh, who, in addition to sounding like a cartoon character designed to make math fun, <laughs> yeah, what's up, children? These math stats are icky. <laughs> Ickstat. <laughs> so, Professor Ickstat was a huge proponent of the Enlightenment and the ideas of rationalism being put forth by its biggest hitters. And in case you're like me and you spent more time in school learning about how to jump off of certain ladders and, <laughs> and how to roll the perfect blunt. Uh, here's a recap. In broad strokes, rationalism is the belief that all things are bound by logic, which is a determinate structure that can be understood. This means that all things can be explained by rational means, and that if you claim that something is true, you need to back it up with logical evidence and facts. Boring. Exactly. The problem... Where's the magic? (laughs) Where's the snakes? I want reptile people. The problem with Professor Ickstad's beliefs is that a lot of people within the Catholic Church saw this as a slight against them, probably because for a while now they had been claiming to be appointed by God to speak for God. I don't see any problems. And to do crazy shit in God's name like selling indulgences. Okay, that doesn't seem cool. Which is just paying money for forgiveness on some of your bigger sins like a God credit card. Is essentially what you could do. What's the APR rate on that? Bullshit. (laughs) Well, they also, there were the Inquisitions where they're just like accusing people of crimes and then torturing them horrifically. And they're just like, but yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. did They they? wrote it down. They literally (laughs) wrote it all down. Or did they? Armando. See, the thing about this line of logic is you can use it until they just get mad and leave and then you win. That's Do you win or are you just alone and have to eat everything made from a microwave? <laughs> or do I? Yeah. Or do I? Yeah. Confront your sadness. <laughs> or will I? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to die alone. You're going to die alone with a YouTube account that people will question once you're gone. Ah. Uh. And because these ideas undermine those in charge, a lot of important work from this time was spread mostly through scientific academies, Masonic lodges, and various printed books, journals, and pamphlets. But luckily for Adam Weishaupt, he had one of the movement's biggest supporters as his new legal guardian. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that Adam did not fit in when he started attending school in 1755 at the age of seven. For over 200 years, a lot of schools, particularly those in Bavaria, were run by a group called the Jesuits. The Jesuits. Jesuits. Thank you. I've been trying to figure out how to pronounce this fucking word, and I thought it was just a group that was like, yeah, we love Jesus so much, I made him into a suit, dog. Yeah, no, the Jesuits, they also have a lot of hospitals. In fact, currently, mm-hmm. they have a lot of hospitals. Yeah. They're a subgroup of Catholicism. Yeah. Exactly. From what I've been able to gather, and again, this is just broad fucking strokes, there are several different factions within Catholicism that had different jobs in Catholicism, and their job was basically to spread education uh, as far as possible under the guise of like, hey, here's some education, but also... God. Have you heard about Jesus? They have a lot of colleges still. Yes, they do. And at this time, they had 
most of the colleges. Mm-hmm. And Adam's new rebellious ideas did not mesh well with the school's official policy of because God. Mm. In his own words, Adam said that his formal education consisted of the church saying, the church's rights are given by scripture and only the church has the right to determine the dubious meaning of that scripture. In his mind, the school's only purpose was to teach its students obedience and to instill a willingness to take orders from God and from your superiors without question. This way, you would have no need for reasoning or logical thought later in your life. What? His point is that these schools are so, and tell me, stop me if this sounds fucking familiar, America. Their schools are so focused around the memorization of facts because, quote unquote, teacher told me that's the way it is. Yeah, exactly. That when you're older, you don't question anything because it's just instilling a willingness to take direction from those who are supposed to be in charge of you. As opposed to thinking for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he's saying that the school had no critical thinking because the explanation came down to because God, and if you question that, the answer would become, well, because that's what we've determined the scripture means. But this is something that we see sort of like in present day, there's a big divide right now between certain like, like we're having that issue here in America where people don't understand that like the earth is round and stuff because they're like, well, I only understand that the earth is round because someone told me that. And yeah, I'm not fe- I'm not thinking about it. I'm not observing the things. This with is science. one of my mom's like, biggest frustrations as a teacher, <clears throat> especially because she teaches English. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like, what's the symbolism of this? How does this make you feel? What are your thoughts on these characters and how they're interacting? And people are just like, well, what's the answer? And she's like, there's no one answer. Yeah. You need to think for yourself and then provide evidence for what you think. Yeah. And, and it's how you very difficult. Interpret stuff. Because that's, I mean, that's that's actually the the perfect example of the problem is that people are so caught up in this memorization over critical thinking type deal that they 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 learn so bad that the main reason most people become flat earthers is because they go well the only reason that you believe in the globe is because it was in your fucking classroom since you were a child and you're right oh my you're like oh my god he's right the earth is flat it's a pancake world their argument i'm not this is barely a bit their argument is or is it that's <laughs> that's flat Earth's entire argument is just well the Earth is round, or, or is, is it? it? Um, so you must have been such an annoying child. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I just question everything. Just, or is it? <laughs> or is it? I didn't do that growing up. I, I just, or did you? No, I didn't do that. Or did you? Did I? God. The earth is flat. Nope. Nope. That's not what we wanted you to get from this. That's not the answer. So in 1763, at the age of 15, Adam finished his formal education and applied to study law at the University of Ingolstadt, where both his father and godfather had studied law. Now, while him getting in sounds like a clear-cut case of nepotism, it was actually a much more complex and stupider case of nepotism. (laughs) What? 
From what I've been able to gather from very poorly translated letters, Professor Ickstadt wasn't really going above and beyond to help get Adam into the school. And apparently Adam's mom thought he was doing Adam so dirty that she wrote him the following very poorly translated letter. I have tried my best to convert everything into English and to recontextualize it in a way that makes sense. And you're going to see why researching this episode from the beginning before they started taking minutes was so fucking annoying. So this is a letter from Adam's mom to Adam's godfather. <clears throat> Baron Ickstadt, take peace, not disgrace that I scream in. And my complaint it's peace from the court chamber that the scholarship for my son has been taken from the university. Now I don't know what to do with it. So that he does completing his studies and studying law, we could and should let the goose loose. What? The whole world and no one wants to accept ours. So please, Baron, they could and should approach him with a wrath or recommendation. He surely will reward you. Etc. Is, what? Is Adam a goose? I don't know. I don't know what I've tried looking up this Let is... the Goose Loose in. <laughs> and it in just gave you of... that Nintendo game. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I stole the radio. What do you want me to do with it? <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means. And whether or not the goose was let loose, I don't know. <laughs> I do it know It has wings. You can't contain a goose. <laughs> You super can. I do know that that was the same threat that Felicity Huffman made to USC if they didn't let her child in. I will loose <laughs> gooses on you. I will unleash a rain of gooses from the sky. Everyone's sleeping on down tonight, baby. You don't know how many times I had to translate the phrase until I was like, I guess it's just the goose is loose now. Fuck it. But I, 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 think, I think one of the other issues you're having too is like, you're translating old German, yeah, as specifically Bavarian, which it had its own, just like just like we have now in English, we have like slang and words yeah. we borrowed from other cultures. And you have all these things happening, so like that letter alone was old German, new German, Dutch, and Slavic. So I had to put it through different translators, and then also recontextualize, and then also there are other people who translated it in context into other languages so i had to translate that letter about four different times before i could figure out what she was trying to say essentially what the letter says is that her husband died and now she's too old to give birth to another child so her only hope for a good survival is for this child to fucking make it and because there are no other options and as godfather he's in charge of both Adam and her well-being, then it means that the only thing that he can do to help out is to get Adam into law school so that he can provide for him and his mom. Right, set the goose loose, obviously. Set the goose loose. Yeah. Maybe his nickname was The Goose. <laughs> Doesn't he die when Maverick and him go on? The okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the goose is loose. Into the afterlife. Oh, no. But after that nice letter from mommy, Adam was admitted into the University of Ingolstadt, where he graduated with a doctorate of law in 1772 at the age of 20. So she's a real tiger mater. Yes. Terrifying. German tigers are the scariest tigers. Or part are mom, they? Part tiger, all cop. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) After that, he decided to keep following in his father's footsteps by becoming a professor of law at his alma mater. Although, again, what seems like an obvious case of nepotism was somehow much deeper and stupider nepotism. By this point, Professor Ickstadt was about 70 and feeling pretty fucking ready to retire. On his way out, he recommended two qualified replacements. The first was his nephew, Peter, and the second was our boy, Adam Weishaupt. So he was just like, I don't give a shit what happens, deuces, I'm about to die, bitches. (laughs) He, I'm... You, so he retires in 1772, right? He yeah. dies in 76. So he is literally like, I don't give a fuck. I'm about to die, bitch. I'm about to go on holiday, motherfucker. I'm about to go on this eternal holiday that I may or may not believe in. <laughs> Somebody let the goose loose in this bitch, boy. <laughs> I'm about to give a lot of senior citizens STDs. Yeah, <laughs> the goose kind. Oh, God. <laughs> Why is it sprouting feathers? I didn't know it could sprout feathers. I, I didn't think... know a vagina could honk, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's where those bumper stickers come from. Honk if you're horny. <laughs> <laughs> It was a mistranslation from the original <laughs> German, actually. Uh, it's both because it's Slavic. Yeah. It's supposed to be a horn if you're honky. <laughs> referred to a medicinal horn that had to be inserted. It's like a whole thing. They wear the plague mask. <laughs> um, God. And so, unfortunately for Adam, the university was pretty fucking fed up with Professor Ickstadt's antics. Since his appointment as the university's director, he had developed a habit of trying to get young professors who had shared his love of rationalism employed, starting with Adam's father, Johann George Weishaupt. Because remember that Johann George, Adam's dad, only got the job because of this dude. Mm -hmm. And so he's just been, over the course of his tenure, just trying to get as many of his former students into the school as possible um, the problem is, while most colleges would be open to new ideas, the University of Ingolstadt was pretty much entirely run by the Jesuits, who still had their hands in a lot of schools across Europe and beyond. Well, and you have to remember, Jesuits are monks. Yeah. So they are adult men leaving, leading celibate lifestyles, completely cut off mm-hmm. from a lot of normal culture. So like the weird thing about monks and especially Catholic religion is that even as the world progresses, because these monks are so isolated from everyone else, they kind of continue to live in their own ideas and they don't allow evolution of ideas to happen yeah there so it takes a long time for new ideas to become a part of the catholic church because priests don't marry and priests aren't required to participate in a lot of the daily life things that most other people are so there's a separation yeah and uh in case you're wondering the jesuits actual like motto uh, when you translate it, is the goose is caged. So uh, I thought it was going to be, oh, we sell a bit, but we buy a bit too. <laughs> uh, these devout administrators saw right through Professor Ickstadt's plan for hidden reform in their law department. So at first, the school only accepted the professor's nephew, Peter Ickstadt. But in a fucking plot twist, just one year later in 1773, 
Pope Clement XIV officially suppressed the Jesuits. This meant that about half of the University of Ingolstadt's teachers were just fucking fired and they just had no one to replace them. This meant that the school had to take on any qualified and recommended candidates that they could find. But with the law department filled, they had to fit Adam into the next best spot they could find, canon law which is the practice of church laws, the church's system of courts, and the church's legal codes. And Adam Weishaupt became the first non-clerical person to ever hold this position in the history of the world. Real quick, why did the Pope just get rid of the Jesuits? What beef did he have? They're on his side, kind of, right? Um, it's my understanding that they he saw what they were doing as kind of like undermining his authority because they thought that they knew what was best. And at certain times, a lot of uh, these people will go against what they believe in. So, okay, the Jesuits are um, essentially monks, Catholic monks, Catholics, right? Yeah. One of the things that they're not allowed to do is to take higher positions above monks. But I don't know if you guys remember, there was at one point a Jesuit pope, which means that he really went against what he was trying to do by taking a position. So I think Clement was like, I'm not going to wait around for y'all to come try and take my position. So I'm just going to be done with the order of Jesus, which is the Jesuits. As the Lord intended. As the Lord intended. I think Jesus is really all about clerical infighting. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus' favorite part about being on earth was the drama. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Entering the speculation zone just for a quick second. It already looks like we're seeing a dude just fail upwards. Yeah. And if you believe those fucking history nerds, then you <laughs> might be right. But what if I told you that Adam Weishaupt was just a cog in Professor Ickstadt's long-standing plot to undermine the Catholic Church and to start a new world order? Think about it. Professor Ixtec was obviously trying to fill up the positions in the school's law department so that he could slowly indoctrinate the campus with his radical ideas of reform. Logic? Then, logic? The radical idea of logic? Then, after succeeding... <laughs> <laughs> or is it? It is. Or is it? No, it is. Or is it? Then, after succeeding in getting the Jesuits booted, the man set up to take a position that had only ever belonged to the church is the one personally molded by the professor over his entire lifetime. It's too good to be true. But... Is it good enough to be a conspiracy theory? Probably. Because I spun that story into a theory after taking about five edibles last night, and I just wanted to start dipping your toes into conspiracy thought. Don't be touch my toes. Yeah. Just because when we get to the big ones, it's going to be pretty jarring if you have nothing. So I got it yeah. like, this is like a vaccination for conspiracy thought where I'm like, okay, here's a little bit of crazy. Now come back in like three months and we'll put another one in your ass. Yeah. I mean, okay. That's how that's vaccinations work. Stay away from my toes and my ass. <laughs> I got to dip your ass in the water no. a little bit. No, you don't. That's not don't, how the saying goes. You don't goes. get to do anything with my ass. <laughs> I just, I mean, like. If you examine this with this weird thing called logic for a minute, 
Ichthy, whatever his name is. Ixtat? Ixtat. The fish dude. Fish dude, right. <laughs> so Fishy, like, he was on his way out. He just wants to get out. He's trying not to, like, ruffle any feathers. He's like, yo, I'm fucking deuces out of here. I want to just do this favor so that this woman will stop writing me letters about geese. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get home to eat dinner at four and take out my teeth to do yogurt. Ironically, yeah. it is a goose that I'll be eating, but... <laughs> She is cooked, no longer loose. <laughs> That's <laughs> loose geese get cooked. <laughs> or do they? Hallie Burton, follow the money. Um, Hallie Burton, because it's geese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, this dude is just trying to, like, live his life in GTFO. And everyone, and you, and you know, like, it's just like, but is it a conspiracy to fire the Jesuits with the Pope? And it's just like, what? Yeah, a lot of it is like, two things that i want to show you that we're already experiencing are two of the biggest accusations of secret societies and especially the illuminati so first of all one thing that you hear all the time about secret societies is that once you're in them they'll allow you to get opportunities that you probably would not have been able to get on your own like sororities or fraternities exactly those are also secret societies yes so because of who he knew and the the circles that his family ran in because remember that his father was a professor who believed in enlightened ideas even though the school he taught at specifically banned those ideas so him and uh his friend professor ixtat and their friends basically went around to like coffee shop like anywhere you could imagine spoken word like only coffee shops <laughs> yeah coffee That's shops about the end of the list um, coffee shops dark basements and an art space that you rented exactly yeah. confusion at an improv show where exactly. they thought it was a sketch but it's not they're so they're going to these places sharing their ideas and just kind of like hanging out in secret and it bonds them all together and there are so many what are the french hats with the thing the thing on berets? top yeah there's just a lot of berets for some reason <laughs> i don't is think is this a madeline book <laughs> yeah they're in germany so there's just a lot of giant ass beers and he's like this is my favorite coffee it's called beer and then you just chug the whole thing <laughs> damn it's, it's, the si it's a boot and yeah you gotta turn the boot you gotta you turn the it. boot and eat a sausage anyway so Already Keep your sausages away from my butt and my toes. <laughs> I just got to dip your sausage in the water just to get you ready. I'll dip my sausage wherever I want. Thank you. <laughs> With consent. There you go. This is my people. Um, But he already was able to get opportunities that he probably should not have gotten. I have been able to find evidence that he was fairly smart, but probably ill-suited to practice law. He probably should not have gotten into such a good school, and he probably shouldn't be the person teaching law with how okay he was at it. But because his godfather, the person raising him, is literally the director of the school's law uh, section. God, I don't belong in law department? either. Thank you, department. Um, it's He got an opportunity that he probably should not have gotten. The second thing that you're seeing is the fact that you can conceivably make an argument that he has been like molded to be in this position. And like there's little things here where like I've already seen 
other theories that people have posted where it's like, this is the beginning of the Illuminati's need to hide signs and stuff because his name was Johan Autumn and his fucking mentor's name was Johan Autumn and it's just him being passed down and it's like he's the second version of him. And like, there's that's also just how relationships work. Yeah. Also, also naming. Yeah, yeah. you can just be named just, after people. Like, and- I'm named after my grandma, but I'm not here to like, you know, plant peas and marry a farmer. It's that was just like oddly specific. Yeah, like I'm named after these things in books. Mm-hmm. Page. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You shut the fuck up. And Armando's <laughs> actually named after a mountain that birthed him. Yeah, <laughs> Armando Torres means builder of towers. I still like a tray you better. <laughs> I, exactly. That was my. Uh, that was gonna be my name. Um. Anyway, we but yeah, never dated like, if you'd have been a, a tray you. I would have gone you know. by tray for sure. Um, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That is cool. That is cooler. I uh, in the only thing that I've really left out of the conspiracy theory that I wrote in about five minutes because it, even even me while I was high I was like that's too fucking crazy is something that I've actually found people saying, which is that it's possible that Adam's dad didn't die and it was part of the conspiracy because otherwise he wouldn't have been molded by the logic. What I'm listening exactly. Adam's father is actually hiding out. In a sausage? With Tupac and Big. <laughs> <laughs> and Obviously. a lot of geese. Very yeah. loose geese. <laughs> Very loose geese. Um, so I'm not goose shaming. I'm just saying they're loose. Getting back to the episode. While it sounds like being the first non-clerical professor of canon law was sticking it to the church, which that is kind of the crux of a lot of people's belief that this was a giant conspiracy from the beginning, it's actually more of the church sticking it to Adam. Because while clerical teachers had been removed from the school, the former Jesuits still funded the university and basically held a majority of the seats on the school board. And they hated all of the new teachers brought in to replace them. They regularly went out of their way to frustrate and discredit non-clerical professors in an attempt to get them to leave the university that they very much still considered to be their university. Well, the thing is, too, is it's like, you can make this weird argument that it's some type of conspiracy theory, but also if you believe something and you actually believe that thing, you want that belief to persist and you want other people to be indoctrinated with that belief because that belief is important to you. So on both sides, we see this. You see the Jesuits trying to do that and then you also see Adam trying to do that and Adam's like mentor. So it's like, it's really just people are trying to propagate the beliefs that they have and And that's so simple really what's happening is you have a group of people where like can you blame the jesuits because at this point they've been around for so long like they've held control of the uh before the um the pope uh, released the palpable the palpable uh they had run the schools for something like what 200 years Mm -hmm. so that means at this point if they're going through the school as adam described it just being able to take orders from god and all of your reasoning being because this is the way it's always been done they don't even know anymore why they're doing the shit that they do they just know that if they don't do it they're gonna go to hell that's it that's all they know so the jesuits can you really get like super mad at them because they're in their head they're like Look, man, this is what they told me. And if I fucking fail, my manager's going to send me to hell. I don't know what you want from me, dude. Um, And I think I want goose. Yeah. Have we talked to the geese? Could the geese be behind it? Could they be doing it? 
Or are they? I think they are. And then the Enlightenment era thinkers, the people who are trying to promote rationalism or just support everything by facts, they're saying that like they're almost too much on the side of logic, which I know sounds not like a bad thing. Their idea was because since everything can be proven by logic, that once you prove it theoretically by logic, you no longer need empirical evidence, which means that you don't need to prove it by observing it. If something is quote-unquote theoretically true, then it is unequivocally true. Which That's is, not true. That's no, not logic. Exactly. It, it, and so, like, the, the perfect mix is kind of in the middle where, like, these people are saying, empirically, I've seen that... If we do this this way, it ends up fine for me, and I'm going to keep doing it. And the other people are like, well, you need to support everything by facts. The real thing is somewhere in the middle, but there are two people that are fighting for something that they believe in desperately. So I don't really think either of them are the bad guy, if that makes sense. They're just really, really, really indoctrinated into the sides that they're on. Yeah. And... The people, so they made Adam the uh, professor of canon law, the first one in the world to not be a Jesuit. Um, How many did he get to launch? Canon <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to canon law. We get, we find you guilty. Put him in the, the canon. canon. <laughs> um, he mostly deals with a lot of uh, circus-related claims. <laughs> Um, and they, a lot of dudes named Nick marrying Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, Canon Law. Oh, man. Nick um, Canon Law married. Nick Canon Law married. I, uh, I, they put him in this position as far as I understand. Uh, again, as far as I can understand these documents, because since it is so closely related to the church, they can still keep a very close eye on what he's doing. Uh, because it persists, you know, it's about the church. He has to do that. And because they really wanted to keep an eye on him because he was so close to Professor Ickstat, who they saw as kind of a catalyst for their ousting from the school. Plus, I mean, if you see somebody being launched into the air with gunpowder <laughs> and explosions, it's hard to miss. Exactly. <laughs> true. Honestly... If I saw somebody get launched out of a cannon for the first time and they're just flailing around, my first thought is like, wow, they let the goose loose. Yeah. <laughs> Wrapping it all around. So this animosity just made Adam even more anti-clerical and even more anti-Jesuit. So in an attempt to get back at them, Adam started hiding enlightenment ideas, mostly re revolving around rationalism, inside of his lectures and cannons. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, and desks and chairs and overcoats. It's like when you find your, when you clean out your grandma's house and there's money everywhere, but it's his ideas. Exactly. And to his surprise, a few of his students actually picked up on what he was putting down. Ooh, subtle brainwashing. I dig it. Unfortunately, the Jesuits, keeping an eye on Adam, also noticed his hidden messages, which leads me to believe that they probably weren't as hidden <laughs> as he thought they were. Now, if we see this cannon, rationally, this cannon could launch a man 47 feet. Or a goose. Theoretically, God is like this cannon and could launch a man into heaven, yes? <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. It became super clear that if Adam was going to educate the youth on Enlightenment ideas, he was going to have to go underground and give lectures in secret like his mentor and godfather had before him. To the mole people. Hmm. So in 1776, at the age of 28, Adam Weishaupt decided to try and join one of the biggest and still most popular secret societies around. Freemasons. The Freemasons. Damn. They funded my Scholastic Bowl team. I know. There, we... (laughs) For a second, I was like, what's Scholastic Bowl? And then I was like, oh, Scholastic Bowl. Oh, I thought you said Scholastic Bowl, like where you read a book and then shoot a hoop. No. (laughs) Like a sport based around... <laughs> Book it's reading? essentially child jeopardy. Like <laughs> someone reads a question, you buzz in, you give the answer, you get points. You're a huge nerd, and these are your only friends. Well, okay. So how many how many points do you get for shooting a three? Though <laughs> it's not how it works, honey. There's I'm no like balls insta- involved except for all of my teammates' balls <laughs> because I was the only woman for a long time, and I think there was one other woman. Did that mean Briefly. that you could get jackets like in Mean Girls? Ooh. If we have a girl, we could get jackets. No, but we had t-shirts. I designed them. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of playing horse, mm-hmm. there. well, okay, this is some stories from Paige's childhood. So for a while, my sister and I used to play this game called Poetry Ball. Okay. Where instead of spelling out horse, you'd spell out poetry. And before you made every shot, you had to write poems insulting the other person. Okay. So you were born and to recite battle. Them. Yeah, I guess. And <laughs> then if like if you made the basket, which I almost never did because I'm terrible at basketball, then the other person had to recite the insulting poem about themselves, make the basket, and then write a poem about you mm-hmm. to then do the next one. So God you're it damn. is this is a memorization basketball game. Yeah, I mean they're just like small is, couplets, but yeah. This is literally what I envisioned Scholasta Ball to be. <laughs> and some type of bullying, apparently. Yeah. Well, I turned out fine fine. <laughs> Rose Battle Champion Paige Wesley. <laughs> I am not a champion. Or I lose are a lot. You? Or that's are a good you? question. Or do you? No, I do. Or is it? <laughs> this is getting harder to do. Um, so I don't want to go into a deep dive into the Freemasons just yet. Mostly because at the very least, they deserve their own speculation zone, if not an entire series. I do not think that they're an evil cult sent to take down America, which a lot of people seemingly believe. Mostly because... Personally, myself, I've been inside several different Freemason lodges, and they're all really fucking lame. Yeah, I think they're just a bunch of old men who want an excuse to drink away from their wives. If so you, they start a secret society. If you really want to know what they do, it's a bunch of charity work. Yeah. Like, that's that's what they do. That's what they do now. Okay, but hear me out. Uh-huh. Freemasons. The word free. Mm-hmm. You could also interpret that to mean, like, untethered mm-hmm. or loose like the geese follow the oh, money shit. Halle Burton the goose is loose the goose is loose follow the feathers so before I go too much into them I should make it clear that the historical origins of the Freemasons are questionable at best so as I cover them broadly now Please remember that no one truly knows the truth, and this is what we understand to be the truth as it is now. Only the geese know the truth. Exactly. 
So the Freemasons were at some point a fraternity of Freemasons, or men who worked with Freestone to create ornamental masonry. Although it is kind of stipulated in Scotland that the term Freemasons may have uh, implications that they weren't slaves, that they were free men who were Masons. I mean, they're kind of like a union. Yeah. Is how they start off. Yeah. Although the 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 indication that they are not slaves seem to only be important in Scotland and not in the other places. Interesting. Um, also, we don't know how far they go back. The earliest records I was able to find were from like 1425. That's uh, impressive. So, yeah, it's basically people who work with freestone to create ornamental masonry. However. Pretty quickly, word spread about this blue-collar boys club and their kick-ass parties. So the Masons started allowing non-Freemasons into their group under the label of quote-unquote speculative Mason or accepted Mason, essentially saying, as far as the Masons are concerned, you're one of us. But pretty soon, the Freemason groups were filled with these non-Mason Masons. And the problem was that before, you could tell who was and wasn't a Freemason based on whether or not that their job was literally being a Freemason. And now there's no way of knowing who's in and who's not a Freemason. So in order to solve this problem, the Masons created a, a hierarchy. So now you have Masons creating guidelines for who qualifies to be a Mason, which Masons have superiority over others, and... Also, secret handshakes and passwords to tell members apart from non-members. Nerd. Standard secret society fun stuff. Exactly. But now, now that now that you have secrets that anyone not involved with the group wants to know, now everyone is trying to figure out what the fuck it is you're hiding. And all kinds of rumors started spreading about the Masons and what they really got up to in their secret meetings. Stuff ranging from Freemasonry is an ancient occult religion based around worshipping bricks to okay. the Masons were planning to overthrow the royal family in England. So they can be anywhere between brick worshippers and murderers, I guess. All I know is they go through 14 gooses a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, anytime there's a secret society, it's just like you all, the things you imagine they're up to are so much more interesting so much. than the daily toil of like, we had to hire a health person because we all get you drunk and we have to make sure someone can call 911 when you drink too much. <laughs> exactly. We called it sober sis. Yeah. Um... And luckily, the Masons found a way to make this work for them. They started charging people money to become members so that they could find out the mysteries the Masons kept in their fancy new grand lodges. Lodges that they paid for by charging their members to join. Yeah, that's that's like most secret societies. Yeah. yeah. So soon enough, every halfway educated dude with some expendable income could become a member of the Freemasons. Sure, you're one of us. Whatever. Handshakes. Please give me money. Exactly. And the hierarchy from here kind of extended to be like, okay, anyone can just kind of be at this one level. But then there's other levels where you learn more stuff. So like Scientology. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the Freemasons got so sick and tired of people accusing them of being like the New World Order or straight up just Jews for some reason that uh, they've just completely disregarded the secrecy shroud and are very open about their rituals and practices now. They're 
pretty willing to change shit in the fact that like women are now accepted or what they ended up doing was just making women only lodges they had a sister society essentially yeah mm. well they some of them just accept women now like oh, they're cool. they're integrated it doesn't yeah it, it completely does not matter the one that funded our scholastic bowl did not and it made it super awkward i was like oh this is weird mm. i don't like this Suck your scholastic balls. Let ladies in. <laughs> yeah, what? So, by this point in our story, which is in 1776, the Masonic Lodges were a pretty well-known place you could go to hear about some wild-ass shit. Meaning, nice. just like enlightenment ideas. Okay, hear me out. So, mm -hmm. like, when you buy mac and cheese, uh -huh. if you buy the ones that are in the cartoon shapes, it's okay. the same size cheese packet, but the noodles themselves are bigger that's why it tastes cheesier and that's why it's better mm, mm, mm. that is why we started this lodge and now we can conclude <laughs> <laughs> now everyone commence in the secret handshake which is just us making macaroni and cheese okay do you want to hear something like a real wild thought more though? like a yes. secret pan shake all right everyone sees colors differently oh yeah provably which means that what i interpret as red you might interpret completely differently and there's mm -hmm. no way for us to understand exactly how we're all seeing the world, which means we could all have the same favorite color. We just identify it by different names. Colors are empirically that color. So even though you perceive it differently, it still has the same name to you. And that's, there's a consistency to that. I will say though that like something that happens to me all the time is I see something as purple and people will call it blue. And there's a special range of purple that to me is purple. And people will be like, no, that's blue. But as someone who does colors for a living, it is really frustrating when you're like looking at something, you're like, that is purple. I know how to make that color from all the other colors mm -hmm. and I wouldn't just use blue. And people are like, no, nah, that's blue though. Like yeah. that happens to me a lot. I'm so curious. Is there anything in this room that you think is purple that we think is blue? No. Well, it could just be that I think she's saying that like our the ways that we use words to describe colors would yeah because essentially we've all learned to assign a name to whatever that color range is yeah. right and we're just seeing that range differently but people and see she... it different like my boss does not see orange he At sees all? it as red oh. i know this because all the time he'll like come up like if we're designing something or no it's the opposite way i'm sorry he'll say that's too orange it's not red enough but like there is a range of red yeah that you can say this is still in red it has a hint of yellow to it but it's really not orange yet well and also red could also have blue in it or like browns yeah you know so there's like there's like ranges of things that i would still call red that he'll be like this is not red and like Sometimes when I'm working with clients, we will disagree on what a color should be called. And it is so frustrating because yeah. like you work with color, you're like, this is the color. And they're like, no, but it's not. And it's just like, I don't yeah. know. It happens all the time. So Wild. yeah. It's the same thing with music where people just don't know how to describe. Like I can hear a song and take apart the instruments in my head and figure out. I cannot. Out, so our yeah. will be like, oh, you hear the bass? And I'm like, I didn't even hear that frequency. Like I can't yeah. hear yeah. it. Well, that was, I remember you put something in a song one time and we're playing it and then Andrea and I couldn't hear it. Yeah, that happens a lot to me because uh, the way that Andrea perceives color is like she knows what color is the base, what you cut, what, what you add over it, and like how to create a color. And that's how I do songs where it's just like sonically you have to take care of like the high end, which is like, you know, I'm getting too deep into it. But essentially, it's like we, I think we can just see how 
you create a thing and uh you too probably musically where you can just like hear things Mm -hmm. um more than like especially like oh perfect example andrea not to be mean this is not an insult this we is love you even though you're about. tone deaf you're tone deaf i'm so tone deaf we it's genetic it's we, not my fault we can hear pitches <laughs> and we can hear when you're off pitch uh and you can't but it's just because like i think we know what to look for but also there's something with your ears genetically my family goes tone deaf as they age yeah. that's just oh, something weird. that happens my whole family is like that yeah so. and it's specifically with like high pitches that, yeah. that mm. anyway we're getting very off point. I will say, to wrap it up with an easier analogy, it's mm-hmm. like if a chef tastes a dish and they know all the ingredients oh, inside Oh, I could it. do that most yeah, of the time. Exactly. Yeah, So, like, that's how I am with color. That's how Armando is with sound. Yeah. But. Um, I am not like that with food, so congratulations. It, I, it's I, a burden because I it, I can taste cans if something came out of a can. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't a lot of the time. Um, But, yeah, that is a perfect analogy. Yeah. So this this place basically became uh, the Masonic Lodges were a pretty good place where you could go learn about some Enlightenment era ideas with like minded individuals. So Adam figured that the Masonic Lodges would be the perfect fit for him to spread his ideas on rationalism. Unfortunately, Adam's first impression of the Freemasons was that they were great at creating a hierarchy, but that they were too fucking expensive for him to join. And so in Yeah, the- I need one of these discount Masonic Lodge secret societies. I mean, to throw some shade, that's why people do landmark instead of Scientology. Am I right? Exactly, yeah! dog. <laughs> Level up. So on in- a budget. So in the probably most un-Illuminati sounding moves ever, Adam attended the first meeting at the Masonic Lodge in Berlin before hightailing it back home with as many notes about the Freemasons and their structure as he could possibly carry. He literally just did the thing where you try the free trial and then never buy the full version. So back in Ingolstadt, Adam shared his newfound knowledge with his four, with four of his most liberal students. And just like the Masons, they all adopted new names. His first four followers became known as Agathon, Tiberius, Ajax, and <laughs> Erasmus Rotterdamus. So, a lot of mythological names. Yeah. And then one dude that can clean your floor is amazing. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> oh, like Ajax is a mythological clean. name. Yeah. The god is- of cleaning the bathrooms. No, it's it's <laughs> actually Mr. Clean, but it's a weird translation. <laughs> <laughs> They're two brothers. Anyway, yeah. it's not important. They're, uh, a lot of them are different uh, poets, thinkers, and mythological uh, people from Greek stuff. In fact, uh, these four pledged allegiance to their professor, who had himself adopted the new name Spartacus. So this is a very Greek idea. Like back yeah, in the days, fraternity. yeah, I mean, but back in the days of Greece, it's like you had a philosopher, you believed in his ideas, you would just follow him around and become essentially a disciple of him, and that's how a lot of like Plato and Aristotle disseminated their ideas. Exactly. And so how is it a happened. society or a cult? Yeah, I was oh. going to say how cults happen. It's- so. <laughs> So these four people, or three people and one cleaning agent... Or is it? <laughs> ...became the first four members of Adam's group that he called the Perfectibiblists. Bitch, what? what? Yeah. The first name of the Illuminati... <laughs> 
is the perfecta biblets. The perfecta biblets. Or who is he, Marshall Appleboy? Or in German, Bunder perfecta biblitsnissen. Oh, good lord! Yep. I don't like it. It's just really, it's not catchy. I it mean, I get like- that it's a discount, but like, <laughs> no. <laughs> In fact, he was so bad at naming that he came up with so many different uh, names, including uh, the perfectionists, the perfectibiblists, and his favorite, the one he pushed for the hardest, the B order. <laughs> buzz, buzz, bitch. Yeah, just B E E. Have either of you seen the movie That Thing You Do? I thought you were yes. going to say the B movie. It's, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld, you're crazy for this one. Stop dating 17-year-olds. Um, no, uh, uh, that thing you do, it's one of my favorite movies. And at one point, they're trying to decide on a band name. Mm-hmm. And one of them keeps trying to make it the herdsman, but heard like you heard a sound. Oh. And he has to spell it every and time. And he has to spell yeah. it every time. And then they settle on the wonders, but spelled like one O-N-E and everyone calls them the O-Neaters until they change it and that's I feel like this guy could have really benefited from seeing that film that's part of why we went with just cult podcasts yeah <laughs> simplicity what a, what a lot of people don't realize is that our first name was the B podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so no we were just the Freemasons the Freemasons oh my god Holy shit. That's such we gotta make merch. We That's gotta. so good. The Freemansons. Oh. And that is where we will pick up next week. Uh actually where we'll pick up in two weeks with the next episode of our series on the Illuminati. Yeah. So just like a pyramid of spiders, but with one crazy eye oh, at the God. top. <laughs> ah, next week, we're going to get into, or uh, the next episode that we do, rather, we're going to get into a lot of stuff about their symbolism, uh, how they came up with their name, how they did their structures, and why this guy becomes known as one of the most evil and shitty motherfuckers in history of secret societies is it because he's responsible for the b movie (laughs) because yeah it's actually the b movie was uh, a poorly translated version of his first (laughs) book um it was originally supposed to star bunder seinfelden (laughs) i don't like it (laughs) it sounds like you're slurring through the last half of the reindeer bunder seinfelden and also rudolph (laughs) the reindeer can um Yeah, but the reason why I say in two weeks is because next week, we will be getting back from Panic Fest! Yes! We will be at Panic Fest 2020, which I believe is this Saturday. So next week, we will be releasing something special, something good for y'all. Be Mm, letting the mm, goose mm. loose, if you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Into my mouth. Exactly. Delicious goose. (laughs) And then uh, we will be back with part two of the Illuminati the following week. Yes. And uh, we really wanted to thank you for listening to this episode. This one, just like every single episode, is brought to you by our Patreon donors. Hell yeah, Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This week, our episode is brought to you in part by Lindsay Modica. Lindsay Modica, who says, I'm from... 
and says, hi, you can use my real name and make fun of it. I'm from the South too, North Carolina, so that should give you a lot of fuel for the fire. I'm married to an Italian guy from Boston. So imagine that. We could use a translator sometimes. Hey, oh. Don't mind. Have fun with it. Love the show and all of you. Lindsay Modica. Right off the top of my head, sounds like Mo Dickin. <laughs> Mo no. Dicka. When I think of like Italian but also Southern, I'm like, are you grading craft singles over your pasta? <laughs> Italian from Boston in the South. I love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful so many good casseroles gumbo oh yeah this sequel to the sopranos is funny to me (laughs) i like it a lot he just has a parasol for his chest hair uh i don't even know a lot of italians but my dad's italian and i have always seen his chest hair visible uh i think armando's italian a little bit also yeah that makes sense his chain yep that's really you're really italian i feel like mexicans and italians have a lot in common which is like why i identify so well it's just like i don't know like we like to show our chest hair we like gold chains we were we dig the virgin mary Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. also uh, italian sorry andrea has huge amounts of chest hair it's really i have (laughs) so much chest hair i'm surprised that you're cold so often i know it's like yeah you know a carpet that's also a bib it's like a blanket (laughs) she also was born with a gold chain that just says Vinny. don't know what that's about (laughs) it won't come off the doctors say it's non-operable oh my god and then a second gold chain down below that says vaggie (laughs) it sits right above my snatchy uh (laughs) you know guys this episode was also also brought to you by our amazing patreon member formal casual who i assume is the jean jacket of people formal casual (laughs) when is a jean jacket formal wait in canada that's true that's true that's true true. you can wear a jean jacket to a funeral and a wedding in canada if it's the summer (laughs) and also a bar if you're feeling like you want to spruce it up yeah the bar when you drink yourself to death for having to attend so many funerals (laughs) or you know it's all formal casual i assume you're also the person version of those t-shirts that are tuxedos (laughs) there you go that that's a formal there you go Um, I'm not sure why this is your name or if this is your name. Formal casual sounds like a dating app for dudes who own tuxes that want to have casual sex. <laughs> it I'll show like... up to your house in it. I'll show up to your house in oh a tux. Oh my God. Scott Carruthers from last week. Oh. He'd be prom ready at all times. Yeah. This formal casual is really for anyone that wants to hook up at the prom. That's what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week is also brought to you by Maximus Prime, like Optimus Prime, but human, which is oh. a terrifying thought to have some sort of human flesh car <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh like do your arms fold up into wheels? I don't know. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> I just <laughs> imagining a human body stretching to Over accommodate a, a semi truck and it's like still really translucenty and instead of like gears you just see like a heart pumping and like all of the ventricles and they need a lot of sunscreen and the wheels are someone's balls or the truck nuts are just actual nuts i guess would it just make uh would it just be a car 
whose whose hidden form is a human. So skin car. <laughs> Where the car is just like, I gotta get out of here, and it turns into a naked man, and the man just runs away. <laughs> skin car. <laughs> I don't know how to take this, but every single one is horrifying. This sounds no. like the the uh, next step of human centipede is skin car. Skin car. <laughs> oh god. I don't like it. Skin car. We have a tattoo, but it's just the Honda logo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a tramp stamp. Oh god. Like, oh, I like your tattoo. Do you have a Mercedes? No, I am one. <laughs> I don't like it. It can say one word and it's kill. <laughs> but just kill me. Kill me. The human stretched over a car. <laughs> Skin car. Oh, Coming God. to theaters next February. <laughs> anyway, you've done this to yourselves. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you want this to happen to you, you can uh, donate to our Patreon for just $5 a month. You get access to our bonus show, The Speculation Zone. And you get a shout out on the show so we can, you know, do this to you. I'm sorry. There's also other different tiers. You can get candles and stickers and cool shit. And uh, we'll love you forever. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Go check it out at patreon.com slash cult podcast. Also, we've got a live show coming up. Live show. It is this week, Saturday, January 25th at 2.45 p.m. We will be doing it at the Screenland Armor theater uh and hey it's for panic fest if it's 10 tickets are 10 bucks or eight bucks if you've got a panic fest pass but uh you're gonna want to get tickets like probably last week because they're <laughs> doing pretty great yeah um we did sell out last year so don't count on being able to get them at the door mm-hmm. uh because we're recording this a week early I am not sure if there are still tickets. Yeah, I but do But try. Not know. Try your best. Try. And I Go mean, online. See I, if they're there. Call them and see if they're available at the door if you need to. But honestly, just buy them online. Don't call them. A cat runs Panic Fest and they <laughs> have horrible customer service. What? <laughs> Their logo is a cat. I know. So horrible cat. customer purvist. Wait, that, <laughs> that sounds makes it bad. Sexual. That sounds really bad. Never you're mind. Like, you call them and Step you're like, back. hey, do you have tickets? And it's like, it depends. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> do I? Are you on formal casual? Because you sound familiar. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to make out in the back of my skin car? <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's name is Gary and I never let it change back. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I clean it with my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just out here trying to give you Lindsay Modica in the back of my skin car. Okay. I don't like that it. That was a stretch, like a skin going over a, a Hyundai Sonata. The but cup holders are armpits. The trunk is an asshole. <laughs> There's all a bunch of shit in my truck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to clean my car out. Got to get rid of all this shit. God, there's so many problems. It's so too far. I would say is because use lube before you open the trunk. The worst part is because there's nothing that like so the transformers like turn around so like you can see the wheels as part of the finished creature, right? Right. Which means that there are there is none for us because we're people, which means that it's just a car frame and instead of tires it's just hands and feet. <laughs> And it's, it's just like, going like cats. <laughs> just scattering across like the a, freeway. Like a tail bug that is also a human. I don't God, like I it. I hate it. I hate this. 
someone please illustrate this and send it to us? I love it. It's making me laugh so hard. God. Or is it? Its mouth is the grill. Oh, oh no. no. So many bugs. It's better if they have braces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just going to say. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, we got Patreon. We got Panic Fest. Hey, if you want to send me a drawing of Skin Car. Um, oh, man. Maximus Prime. Is that what they <laughs> called it? Maximus Prime. Maximus Prime. Oh, God. Like, like Optimus Prime, but a human. If you want to send that to me based off of what we've described this monstrosity to be, uh, then you can, because if you listen, it is canon. Everything is canon law. <laughs> Make sure you emphasize the trunk butt. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Just send it to Mondo Does Stuff, at Mondo Does Stuff. Um, we have shows, but it's pretty much all our shows that we're doing together. Uh, so, yeah, you can find those on coldpodcastshow.com. I love you so much. At Mondo Does Stuff on Instagram and Twitter. I love you. Bye. It really puts into context the idea of having junk in your trunk. Oh, no! <laughs> There's golf clubs and a pile of diarrhea. <laughs> so many light bulbs and hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> if trunk, if, if, if skin car has sex, they can literally say, I've got a body in the trunk. I think that's what's oh! the funniest. Oh! I think that's the funniest part. Anyway. Dick continue. trunk. <laughs> Dick trunk. It's oh, is it my turn? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was so deep in this riff. I just... Oh, the I'm nightmares of skin car. I'm hey. lost in the magic of skin car. Hey, guys. If you want to think of something helpful and positive you could do this week, instead of thinking about a skin car with balls... um. Please go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta. I'm going to be doing a giveaway for a painting I made uh, because Australia is on fire. So I'll put details on my Instagram. But if you donate to a wildlife foundation to help save the koalas and kangaroos and all the things on fire, you might be able to win this painting I made. And it's cute. And there's a koala. So check it out. Okay, bye. Uh, if you have an extra set of truck nuts laying around... <laughs> Oh, God, every skin car comes with <laughs> truck nuts. I don't like it. Send them to me so I can realize my dream of making my own skin car. You can find me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. Oh, also, when we get back from Panic Fest, uh, February 2nd, I will be at Flappers in the Yoohoo Room. And February 11th, I am roast battling Jay Light. Oh, that's right. That is the end of... Okay, February 1st through the, I don't even know, 6th, I'll be going through the Pacific Northwest. So if you're in Portland, Eugene, Bellingham, or Seattle, uh, there's shows and there's weed in the shows and it's the Gateway Show and come out to it. It's a lot of fun. I don't know the dates right now. So at Mondo does stuff. I love you. I'm sorry. If Why am I? Fuck, fuck you. I don't know. Remember the truck nuts. Oh, That's God. the most important thing to remember. It really it has thrown nuts. me off of my game. Tease nuts. Me's nuts. Me's I'm the nuts. skin car. I don't the like it. The skin car is inside. I'm going to have nightmares it's tonight. a skin car named Desire. Skin car has thrown me off my game. I don't know how to operate as a fucking human anymore with this image in my head. Don't operate as a human. Operate as a car. Yeah. Kill me. Anyway, um, God, if you like our show, why <laughs> rep skin car? I feel like every all of our plugs are constantly convincing people to stop listening to the show. 
so that I don't have to think of skin and cars. Yet, more people listen every week. Every, it confounds me. I don't understand, I don't understand anything. It. God, if you want to follow our show on Instagram, you can at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email with any amount of fan art depicting horrible atrocities to Colt Podcast Show at okay, gmail.com. Not horrible atrocities. Maybe just car nuts. Skin car. Skin car. Skin car is terrible. I hate skin car. <laughs> You don't even know skin car. Give skin car a chance. Skin car can suck my skin nuts. Yes, because it has a mouth. Oh, God, and it's the grill. <laughs> beep, beep, motherfucker. I told you about the time that a guy slapped his dick on my car in traffic, right? What? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, skin car has ruined the show. <laughs> He meant it as an insult, but I just it was too funny to me. Was it really small or was it really big? It was average size. Mm. It was slappable. Yeah, right? That's why I'm like, <laughs> I'm imagining like pork tenderloin. But maybe that's just because of that time I saw a vasectomy when I was a child. Oh, God. Pork tenderloin is huge. Yeah. But when it's all like irritated and puffed up and inflamed it like looks bigger also when it's like cut open you know uh, right 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 anyway sorry uh, yeah no this was this was a a man who uh was making rude gestures on the side of the road and then we were stopped at a crosswalk and then he crossed in front of my car and was pelvic thrusting at my car and was like you me you me and I held up my hand with my wedding ring and I was like, no. Uh-huh. And he was just like, uh. so he just unzipped, pulled out his dick, slapped it on the hood of my car and then kept going and then proceeded as he crossed to another crosswalk to stick his dick into a car's grill and hump it, stopping traffic on Olympic and I think Vermont for like 10 minutes. Please, on Vermont and Olympic, but... <laughs> Secondly, and the fact that he pointed to you and your car going like me, you, and then slapped his dick on the car and then fucked the tailpipe makes me believe he was trying to fuck your car. The he, whole you time. Were, the you whole were time. never a part of this equation I, to I him. I guess. He kept licking his lips and doing it. And then when I got home, there was just like a mushroom-shaped slap mark <laughs> on the hood because my car is really dirty. And I, I laugh every time I think about it. That's I couldn't get a good dick. picture. I was really upset. Um, if you want to send us truck nuts, <sighs> yeah, you could send them in three seven five six West Avenue forty, Suite K, number two thirty seven. Like, like the, the Shining, shining. Los Angeles, California nine zero zero six five. And I'm gonna say, don't drink D's. D's what? D's nuts. <laughs> Got him. Are we twelve year old boys or what? <laughs> yeah, and don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye. Skin car forever. No. <laughs> I can't breathe. I hate it so much. Like <laughs> Maximus fucking prime ruined our show. <laughs> <laughs>